what's his face um the dubstep guy oh my brain today i don't know who the dubstep guy is ah there's so many of them so many of them yeah they're all you know we send our prayers um (laughs) (laughs) we send our prayers but dubstep is the one true music. <laughs> and um, we can talk about that on another podcast. Um, our, our other podcast, <laughs> Dubstep Weekly. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And this is Pixels Weekly. What's up, guys? Third episode. We did it. Third one. Every time she will say, we did it. Every time, one more week. (laughs) We have made now as many, at least as many episodes as Star Wars had originally. So we're obviously (laughs) as successful. Success. Party. Booyah. I agree. Concur. (laughs) Booyah. That's true, though. Hmm. So, we, we, you know, if you don't know by now, we start off the show with some hodgepodge, a collection of stuff that is in our brains and in the news this week. What do we have for hodgepodge today? I'll start this off with, uh, there's a Twitch player called Rainbow Kids, and she quit being a booby streamer. I don't know what a booby streamer is, Sandy. I, I didn't know what a booby streamer was <laughs> I don't I don't think it's a thing. It's just like you can everyone can go and check out that code tag who article that you send it to me sent that you sent to me, Sandy. And uh it's the first time I see that expression too. I don't know if it's a real thing. I mean yeah, it's I her know. it's actually her quote. It's actually her saying that. Yeah. So okay. keep going. I, I don't want to spoil the story. I want you to say it's your hodgepodge. So you own it. <laughs> On Twitch you have um you have streamers. Some of them are men. Some of them are women, and some of the women wear low-cut shirts with a lot of boobs in your face. So what sells? Uh, <laughs> exactly. And she called it a booby streamer. I've heard it as cam girls, cam whores. Uh, you you just hear different titles for these, but it's all these women. The only reason why they stream is because they've got a rack and. They know that they're going to get viewership, not because of the games they're playing, but because of the type of shirt and the type of bra they're wearing. So, uh, Rainbow Kids... So, it's, it's voyeurism in the land of video games. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bunch of weirdos. So, uh, she actually decided that she wasn't going to do that anymore, and she put up a vlog on YouTube. She doesn't get the high numbers that you would think she gets, but she does have a good amount of following on Twitch. For YouTube, she's got a 11,000 subscribers, I think. And what? all that's in the in the Kotaku article. And it, it's it's chump change compared to the big streamers like your Dendies and your your MLG guys, your Street Fighter guys, any of the the big time players. They can day 9 will pull in tons and tons of viewership and 
she was just not comfortable with it because it requires a lot of prep and a lot of work. And she even put up a little video of what she did to get ready. She's actually a League of, Leg- League of Leggings. She's a League you of Leggings. You got leggings in the mind. <laughs> the League of Leggings. I was like, is that a clan? <laughs> is that the most sexist clan ever? <laughs> the League of Leggings. <laughs> League of Leggings. That's what we should call ourselves. Forget Pixel Force. Uh, We're the League of League Leggings. The League of Leggings. Um, oh, my God. This is a good name, though. I'll write it down. This is a good name for whatever group, clan, community. I don't know. She's a League of Legends player, and she acknowledges that the community itself is very toxic. What she wants to do is contribute positively to the community instead of increasing the negative images that people have of League of Legends and of women who stream. So she decided, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to wear a regular bra, and I'm not going to wear makeup, and I'm going to stream the game and teach people how to play this game that I love and that's done so much for me. And she... She also said she doesn't, she's not condemning anybody that decides they, they want to wear a low-cut shirt. Sometimes that's what you want to wear. If you're in California, you're not going to wear sweats. You're not going to wear a T-shirt or long-sleeve shirts because it's really hot over there. In New York, it's slightly different. We, ha- we have seasons. <laughs> so I have a season, too. It's called Sunny and 70. Yeah, that's. That requires a t-shirt and maybe a tank top all year long. Or you could do the podcast naked like I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you could do that on Twitch. I have a, I have a little bit of a, a misunderstanding, and, and, and I, I hope I don't sound controversial or whatnot, but I have a little bit of a, a hard time understanding. I mean, so... Did did she in those videos? I didn't. I didn't. I read the article. I didn't watch the whole situation. I I think I saw her on a YouTube. Also, you guys can go check it out. Um, uh, lit- listeners, um, you can go check out her YouTube. She's she has multiple videos about it lately. Did she mention why she was doing that at the beginning? Like, since since pretty much she's starting. Like, why is she, you know, putting like a this push up bra? Why is she doing so much makeup? Like. Nobody really forced her to do that, and she found herself in that situation when, where I think she just became a better person and good for her, and she realized that she doesn't have to do that to be herself and to be appreciated in, in the gaming community and, and on Twitch. Um, did, did, you, did you hear her say, like, mention uh, why she was starting like that, doing this, mm. a lot of makeup, like putting the yeah. push-up bra? And- she started off saying that she enjoyed it. And I don't know if she enjoyed the attention, if while she was playing ranked games, she was winning a lot. But she said in the beginning, she did enjoy it. It was something that she really liked doing. And then as time progressed, it became less of the game and it became more of what she's going to look like on stream. And that's when it changed for her, when it stopped being about gameplay and it started being more about what am I doing every day? And I'm losing games. I'm not getting better. And I'm so focused on something that I don't want to be focused on. So initially, it was something that she liked. It wasn't really a gimmick. But then it ended up becoming overwhelming. And it started mm. detracting from what she actually wanted to do. So she decided to kind of backpedal and focus just on the game and making the community less toxic 
So I think that that's great. And she also went on, she doesn't condemn anybody that wears really tight clothing or does any stuff like that because regardless of what gender you are, if you want to get done up that day, that's your right to do that. If you want to wear something really tight and really painful, that's your right to do that. But I can definitely understand why she decided to not do that because if you're focusing on your bra and your bra is digging into your skin, you're not really going to focus on the game you're playing. and You're not going to do the best because you're, holy crap, I need to make sure that these things stay in their cups and don't overflow. And I also am not really focusing on the game. So I think it's good. I think it's it's interesting that she did make the YouTube video. She did do a little explanation of what she did to prep. And I the, saw that. The prep time was about an hour for her makeup. And she showed the different bras she wore and why she wore them. And I was like, kudos to you. I mean, that's, that's awesome that you're saying why you don't want to do it. We've got to put this link in the show notes, too, because, like, gentlemen, for, for all of us that are ignorant about this type of thing, first of all, I had no idea that a bra could make quite that much difference in the appearance of something. Uh, of the appearance of somebody's somebody's breasts, but um, more specifically, like how much of it is just you know show and delusion, and I think that there's an aspect to her decision, both before and after, like her decision to do it and her decision to stop doing it, that probably says something not too great about the video game playing community that we know, it, you know, there's a lot of sort of uh, not entirely mature uh, men who are tuning into these streams to oogle rather than to pick up League of Legends tips. And so I think it's really interesting. You know, it would be really interesting to see somebody's numbers, um, you know, if they never made that choice, whether or not they, like, made it and then decided not to make that choice uh, like she's doing. I, I wonder what her numbers or streaming numbers and her follower numbers would look like if she mm. just was always in a sweater or a hoodie or whatever it was and never put herself sort of on display like that. But I, you have to kind of agree with the choice, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good choice. You definitely have streamers out there. Uh, Dodger, she wears makeup for Polaris, but on her stream, she takes it off. She's not really, she's usually in a sweater. She talks about her cats and she's got the numbers and she's got the viewership. So we know that it's not always about sex appeal. It's about what you're trying to sell yourself. And if for the longest time you're selling your body image instead of the gameplay, that's what's mm. going to come of it. So I think this is something that, that's really interesting to see. For a long time, I, I think women have felt this need that they need to sell themselves as a whole. Because you do have to justify well, do you really know what you're talking about? Are you really, well, you're just a woman. What do you really know? Uh, you know, you're just a pretty face, da-da-da. All that stuff that, that you hear, you have to overcome that. And it's yeah. just how are you going to decide to overcome that? Are you going to use your sex appeal and feed into the archetype? Or are you going to go the complete opposite way and make a positive change? I mean, I can bet you guys, honestly, I, I, I want to, you know, send a very positive message out there 
um and that's why i love that that twitch community that twitch service so much is that um i heard a lot of streamers men and women i've heard a lot of streamers being like like thinking and looking back at their twitch life you know when most of them are i'm talking about the the, the twitch uh streamers that are almost full-time or almost full-time doing it um you know making a living out of it uh, those are the people that are the most entertaining to me they're they have a real community behind them they exchange a lot they're very communicative and overall um, those people just became better person because on a daily basis you have to deal with people like that that will love you but people a lot of people that will criticize you and you have if you want to keep going on a daily basis you have to overcome those criticism accept yourself be confident you know kind of like leave those yeah. guys like ban them leave those guys to the side and do your thing no matter what people are going to tell you and that's you know it's a good lesson of life for those streamers some of them and we know in the gaming community a lot of people don't have the confidence you know you know that profile of the gamer that you know doesn't make friends easily you know like we have that stereotype and for some, for some people it's true from some it's not but some of them really are diving into video game because that's where they feel comfortable and that's 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 where they feel that's where they feel like a person and those streamers that start I heard a lot of them saying they had confidence problem and now today they just become better person and I think she's just becoming a better person she's just growing she knows she doesn't have to you know use a push-up bra to feel confident she can just be herself and it will be just fine and I can bet you a lot of money that I'm sure she will I mean also because of that advertisement on I mean it's on Kotaku it's not the smallest blog it's not the smallest site so but I'm, <laughs> but I'm but I'm sure she'll still be able to grow her audience doing what she does if she's good at the game if she has a community you know she's if she's under, entertaining um I will start also I mean I'm I'm inviting all our listeners to go and show some support um on her on, we'll we'll post the link of the Kotaku article we're talking about and her tag or like um twitch username will be on it and you can go and check it out and Great. follow or you know even give a donation i mean do like go support her because you know that's what she's looking for right now she's she's really you know she's really looking this is where she's really looking for attention is like if people stick with her and 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 go hang out and watch her stream for what she is not for the size of her boobs um and 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 i think it's a very good thing and i like i said i'm i'm ready to bet that she will she will just be fine. She will have the same average of viewers. Um, you know, she will be taken for what she is. And and League of Legends is really another game where if you have a community behind you, if you made it a little bit at the top, it's very hard to start as to be a streamer in a game that has a lot of um, streamers and already like a, a large audience watching it because it's hard to go from like a you know the bottom of the the list all the way uh, to the top. Like you know, you need to have a lot of luck. I keep on hearing streamers. They're like. You know, so how did I make it a streamer? Well, pretty much a lot of luck. The rest of it, I can explain you, but if you don't have the luck, you don't make it. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I would hope, and I'm, I'm, I, I can, I want to check it out. I want to confirm it by myself in the next couple of weeks. Uh, go hang out in her stream, and 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 I will be sure that she will have people that love her just for what she is and not for what she wears. Yeah, I think that's the most important message here. Be comfortable with who you are as yourself. And if that is someone that likes to wear makeup, it doesn't matter what kind of what gender you are. You have that right to put on whatever makeup you want. It doesn't matter what you wear. As long as you have a, a love for the game and as long as you want to make the community better, 
then being yourself should be what matters the most. Objectifying women is not good. Women have kind of been through this stuff a lot uh, historically, and there's there's not a time and a place for objectifying somebody. And these people that stream on Twitch are not here for fantasy fulfillment, right? Like, if you want fantasy fulfillment, go play a video game. Uh, and even those do plenty of objectifying of women. So, um, you know, we're in our third episode, and as we find our audience, and I don't know, maybe you're listening to this, and and you're you're somebody who hasn't really thought about sexism in games, or uh, you know what it means um, to watch one of these streamers, and maybe you have, maybe you have tuned into a girl's stream on Twitch before just to be like, ooh, I, you know, I wonder what's going on here. Um, that's not really, it's not rewarding the type of culture and behavior that we want to have just to be good people. And uh, I don't, to me, there's there's really kind of no reason for it. So Agreed. Yep. Cool. So uh, for the next piece of hodgepodge, let's, uh, boys and girls, Microsoft has closed. Well, they haven't officially closed, but has canceled the game Fable Legends, and um, they're in talks with Lionhead Studios about closing the studio. Do you guys know about Lionhead Studios? Not much, to be honest. Not much. I haven't uh, never played any Fable. I know about the franchise. I know about the beauty of those games um, and how well they were made, but give us some, give us some more. Give us some more info on that. I want to hear more about that story. So I, I'll just kind of tell you that like my first experience with Lionhead was through a game uh, for PC back in the day called Black and White. Um, and it was this, like, sort of you you built up a little town and you had townsfolk, but you, cre- you kind of were a god that looked after this kind of larger-than-life creature. It was like it could tower above the buildings and stuff. And based on your actions with the creature and how you kind of, you know, treated the creature, it would become kind of a good creature that, like, wanted to help people. Uh, or it could become a bad creature that wanted to like throw fireballs down at the town and kind of wreak havoc. And it was sort of up to you. The game was kind of less structured in that way. You would encounter like other peoples, you know, other gods and their 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 creatures. But the the old head of this studio was a man named uh, Peter Monolu, um, who is is a kind of a controversial figure in the gaming industry, as that he's kind of known as somebody who overpromises and underdelivers. Um, Just a little bit. Just a little bit. He he came out. You can go see. We'll put a link in the show notes of uh, a demo of the Connect functionality with Xbox 360, where he was very sort of um, saying, "Oh, this is going to change the way everyone experiences, you know, characters and games." And you know, he's like, "They'll be able to talk to you and all this sort of stuff." And obviously, a lot of it turned out not to be true. But it became one of those things where I'm just super sad to see. This happened to Lionhead because I really love the Fable games. I'm personally, Fable 1 is my favorite. I think they kind of kept evolving that series um, in maybe a direction that I wasn't a huge fan of. But Fable Legends was something that was announced years ago. I wasn't excited about it then. I still wasn't excited about it now. I mostly forgot about it now until I saw it again. And I was like, oh, yeah, that that Jigglypuffin thing. (laughs) (laughs) Jigglypuffin. Is back. Yeah. And so Microsoft, I think canceling the thing, canceling uh, the game is the right move. I would honestly, I don't know what talent is left at that studio, but I would rather see, you know, Fable could be Microsoft Zelda if they treated it with love and care um, to the same degree. And I, I think there's a place for that sort of lighthearted British um, 
RPG uh, in the Microsoft portfolio, and I, I would love to see it again. But um, sad. It's a you know, it's also always sad to see games get canceled, especially because people you know pour years of their life into it. Yeah, I think that's the what's the hardest, especially if the rumor is that Lionhead is also closing. Then that's a whole studio, and those are mm-hmm. hundreds of people that might be losing their jobs and. What do you what do you put on your portfolio? I was working on Fable Legends, but then they canceled it. <sighs> it's kind of it's 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 rough. Right. I mean, I would hope um, I would hope really Microsoft does the necessary Microsoft Studios, because it's not Microsoft. I mean, it's the it's the gaming wing of of Microsoft, which I think we have to differentiate. Um, mm-hmm. Will hopefully um, like follow through and and work closely with those people, which which is what they said. But it's always what you see in press release. I would hope they actually follow with acts and actually um actually um you know offer you know new opportunities either at xbox uh or 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 tr- you know help them transition because yeah it's it's like we talked last week about that right um about the price of games behind games there are people there are developers uh there are engineers mm-hmm. uh that you know rely on that invest their time and effort work crazy hours weekends and nights to to deliver something on closed deadlines, it's probably the you know the the, the hardest paced uh, job you can find in in the tech and games industry in, you know in the tech industry in general. Uh, so yeah, let's not forget those people behind. But what it what you know what was so Fable Legends was, I guess it was how, a how long, how, how, one asymmetrical multiplayer game where one person played as the villains and would like send out bad guys and stuff for the heroes to attack and then you know four people played as the heroes and they were going to i don't know i guess, i guess just walk around a map and like attack the bad guys that the the main guy was casting from his uh you know his microsoft is it kind of like this other game um, what was this other game that you played who looked the same you you know one guy plays the back the bad guy and then there's a fire team in front of him of four people cooperating together what was yeah the except that, that was a shooter you're talking about evolve um which is evolve, a game i, I yeah. liked quite a mm-hmm. bit and i just want to mention too like a lot of i feel bad for um uh, the other studio microsoft also closed another studio called press play studios and these are the guys uh, that made max the curse of brotherhood and kalimba and um and they were they were you know making all these games I don't know how much of them were very commercially successful, but uh, there were two studios, and, and Press Play is kind of ending up as a a footnote to most of these stories, but that's also a significant closure. So, um, also mm. sad to see Press Play go because Max Max was a pretty pretty good game. So, it'd be interesting to see what else they were capable of. Yeah, and they had this latest game who appeared to be canceled as well, which was uh, Knoxville or Project Knoxville. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always sad to hear. Um, but that's how tough the business is. Um, right. It, it's and it's would, hard would, to say on one hand, I'm sad to see these studios go uh, or I'm sad to see these games canceled. But on the other hand, like as an Xbox owner, it's if I was running that business, I'd probably do the same thing because it was kind of the right call to make. Like nobody was really excited about Fable Legends or not a lot of people. The, you know, I, I don't think it really caught on in the way that Microsoft was expecting it to. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think the mistake, in my opinion, was in turning this RPG famous franchise, uh, and we'll talk more about RPGs in a in a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Excited, to talk about all that. Um, but the, I guess 
the twist to a new genre using that franchise to to twist it to a new genre was maybe slightly too early i mean we see like franchise that have made their you know blizzard waited a lot a lot of time to to make an earth earth tone i mean out of their huge universe that they have crafted along mm-hmm. the way of warcraft i mean they haven't you know kind of feel like so for fable it has been a little bit rushed in the concept i think yeah, but i also wonder if lionhead's achilles heel was was peter molyneux sometimes he did oversell and overhype a lot of things and right. then when you saw it you were like this this isn't what i was promised and <laughs> it, it's it's very disappointing so who uh ken levine for rational games rational games was split up and shut down a yeah. while back ago and rational that was makers be- of bioshock yeah uh, and that was actually because Ken Levine is a creative guy and he doesn't know how to manage or product manage a, a team. So is that really the game's fault? Was it a good game and it it was just under the wrong hands or there wasn't anybody there to actually organize everything and get it out in, in like a Rationals mm-hmm. case? Or it, was it something else? And that's something that we will probably never know. I, I'm, I just, I just, I also stumble upon doing some research when we talked about when we we prepped the show, doing some research on Lionhead Studios. I saw an interesting list. L- let me know, guys, if it's something that happens a lot in the industry. But I've seen a, a there is a list of ten games that Lionhead Studios canceled. Is that a Lionhead Studio specific, you know, specific thing, or is it a common thing in industry? I mean, I'm just gonna quote it: Unity on GameCube, BC on Xbox, Black and White titan and black and white like on xbox playstation 2 playstation and dreamcast inquest black and white 3 the movies milo and kate fable 2 pc and fable legends to to end the list i mean is it is it a thing is it like one of the reasons why microsoft's like all right you guys i mean i think that i i mean to sandy's point about peter monolu being this sort of um you know notable guy who is very excited about the things that he works on it could be that that studio just happened to start talking about games before they probably <laughs> should have. Um, because I will guarantee you that there are, you know, Ubisoft has a canceled games list much longer than this. Oh, yeah. That sure. we will never find out about. And there are so many studios that have a, not a canceled games list, but a list of games that were going to be their own thing. But, you know, uh, an executive comes and says, hey, can you make this game and just call it rainbow six or can you make this game and just call it you know a popular game why um and i i think for in in i think that that was in some ways i don't know if you guys played shadows of mordor but shadows of mordor was um it was a game from i think last year or two years ago but it was a really really great game and originally that studio was making a batman game <laughs> then you know Rocksteady's Batman game was like that's all they wanted so they were like okay well we still have this engine let's go put some new characters in it and make it you know sell it to the Lord of the Rings people so you know is that a cancelled game I guess I don't know like we still got a product from it right yeah I, I I could see that and then I think recently the Warner Brothers had an issue with the ports for Batman Arkham Knight for from console to pc so that that does happen yeah. often the port just fails it's all terrible <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait 
can't wait. We're diving in. Of course uh, we can. Uh, <laughs> what else? What other hodgepodge we got, Yannick? Oh, uh, I don't know. Just this small thing this week. I mean, just like nobody really heard about it. So I'm just going to like okay, probably go by it quickly. It. And just, just a little bit. I don't want to, you know. The Division. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Division came out this Tuesday. People were starting playing it on Monday because servers opened at midnight Australian time, which turned out to be 8 a.m., uh, I think, Eastern time, not Pacific time, Eastern time, 8 a.m., so 5 a.m. Pacific time. So people started it on playing it on PC, Xbox, and PS4 if you had a physical copy on Monday, which I'm not sad about. I'm okay about it. I started playing it on Tuesday night. I I, I didn't want to play that race, but I was able to check it out on Monday. I couldn't resist checking some streams out on Monday. Uh, the division came out, and it's it's good. We I don't want to talk about my feelings. We'll do that at the end of the show, right, Ryan? Yep, we we're gonna have our a... first ever Pixels Weekly review of a video game. Oh boy, I'm scared. I'm scared Ooh. and I'm excited. You guys can't see this, but he's trembling. He's he's yeah. dying to talk about this game. Oh, man, I mean, yeah, it's it's good. I'm gonna stop here. It's good. Ubisoft sold more than one million copies in 24 hours, so I'm guessing physical and 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 digital. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, which which is pretty good in <laughs> yeah, one in 24 hours. You know, um, I, I wonder how many pre-orders they got. I mean, we said that they had 6.4 million people in the beta. Well, you know, some of them didn't have to pre-order. I would love to see the number of the of the of the private beta, which was to play it. Remember, you needed to pre-order the game, mm-hmm. um, so that would give us a little bit of an idea. Um, and they also said that um, yeah, they they they're pretty proud about having like um three of the top four launches of new brands in the history of the game industry. Uh, the fourth is indeed Destiny, which is from Activision. Um, yeah, the, they also what's the list of the four, the big four now, the big four, uh, Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed. In 2007, Assassin's Creed yeah. 2007, Watch Dogs in 2014 or 13, I don't remember, 2014, yeah. and um, so we have The Division, and the fourth one is Destiny from Activision, um, and they also set the records for the highest single day sales of full game downloads f- um, across all three platforms. Um, I just like, <laughs> I like that sound, <laughs> that the yeah, make. it's like so, and um, I mean, quoting Eve Guillermo, which right away has a last name than me. Maybe mm-hmm. I should look at, look at some. I should look at some <laughs> patriarchy and look at my family tree, see if it's somewhat involved. <laughs> if you can get in can on that sh- one million copies day one, yeah, I'll be like, hey, brother. No, um, he, you know, he said the division is a reference point for their future, and they hope that. Uh, and we certainly hope it is a game players we love. So they put a lot of hope into that. They're willing to maintain, like they, they announced previously, they're willing to put a lot of updates, a lot of, you know, keep on here listening to the community, um, updating, you know, all three platforms recent, like with hotfix and updates. And we know they have published the week before the game came out, published and released um, the, 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 the roadmap for this year, for the year one content. It's going to be, in April, a free uh, DLC. Mm-hmm. In May, another free DLC. And in the summer, 
um, a, a paid expansion, so a paid DLC. It's not an expansion because it's not a different CD. It's going to be downloadable content, but it's going to be you're going to have to pay for it. And um, and another paid expansion, a, a DLC rather. In I think in winter, if I if I'm not mistaken. And, I think a, mm. a lot of people need new and different kinds of of games and storylines. I don't think there's anything wrong with Assassin's Creed, except it comes out every year. <laughs> That's what's wrong with Assassin's right, Creed. Right, right, exactly. When they when they announced uh, a while ago, oh, we're not going to release Assassin's Creed this year. I was like, good, give it a yeah, give it a really. break. I'll be excited about it again. Just like give it some time. Really make it meaningfully different than last time. Other than just like, oh, it's a new city. Go, you know, new map. Go. I think what's what's hard with that game too is that when you have such a great protagonist, like they did in Assassin's Creed Two and in Brotherhood, it makes everything else kind of like. Mm. You're not Ezio, so I'm not interested. You don't want to mm. play as a video game developer at a French <laughs> game studio. Who's going this into- one, I don't know where it was made, but I think I saw in the credits it was made in Annecy. They have a studio I know in Montreal that made um, Far Cry. Yeah, they made Far Cry Primal in Montreal. And uh, this one was made in Annecy, which is a, a, a small town next to the Alps, if some of you are familiar with the French geography. Um, yeah, but I, that's I, the way you I have particularly to say it. that's the way you have to say it. Can you just say French yeah. geography one more time? Geography, Ge- geography. Ah, geo. Beautiful. Okay, mm. geo. All right, guys, I've got exciting uh, news for you. What is it? Um, something we don't know about. The exciting news is I'm changing the name of the next segment. Are you? <laughs> What's <laughs> the name of <laughs> it? Well, we didn't talk about it. I'm anxious right now. All right, I don't know. Hot, I didn't. Oh, we called it the hot topic of the week. Hot topic of the week. It, it, it sounds like hot topic. Nobody likes hot topic. So sounds, I like hot sounds, topic. Sounds like, sounds like hot chocolate. <laughs> sounds like hot chocolate. Hot chocolates. Hot chocolate. Hot topic. Hot chocolates. We are now because we are a weekly video game magazine, audio magazine. We are now doing the editorial of the week. Ooh, Ooh. that sounds so fancy. Editorial sounds so pro, and we are not. So I don't know. <laughs> Sounds so professional. So our editorial this week is RPGs. I mean, maybe you're listening to our show and you are way familiar with video games. You you probably are, but we want to just like look back at RPGs, the what an RPG is, talk about the fundamentals of it, and uh, and have kind of a larger discussion around RPGs. So I think we should start off with what <laughs> what right. RPG stands for. <laughs> what RPG stands for, right. So an uh, RPG is a role-playing game. Um, and this can be kind of broad. A lot of people say, well, technically, in all video games and stuff, you're playing a role. Um, but uh, And we can go around the circle and kind of talk about this, but in brief, for me, an RPG is I'm playing a character or multiple characters... And there's some there's some system of uh, progression in making that character grow in strength um, or ability, and uh, generally taking them through a story that is in their own specific world. And that, to me, uh, is an RPG. Yeah, I always think about Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. because I also play Dungeons and Dragons. Right. And that that's definitely in my head what an RPG is. It's you have this character, the point of the game is to level up this character so they can go through this journey and you go through this journey with them. And there's also some randomness in there. 
Like when you play Dungeons and Dragons, it's a, a roll of a dice, and then you either hit or you don't. And I, I think with video games, it's not as roll a dicey, I guess. It, I mean, it is behind the scenes. <laughs> Right, I mean, a computer yeah. is just doing it for you instead of dice and a game. Master. It's, you don't think you don't think about it when when you're playing a video game. Right. But when you're you're when you've got paper and pencil, you're like, oh my god, I hope this hits. Right. But that that's kind of like there's some randomness in there. You've got this character, you're leveling it up, and you're going through this journey with your character. When I think about it, I I want to make an impact in a game where. The, the 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 game and the role that I'm playing and the way I want to play it it's specifically um, has an impact in the game. But to extend on that, I would add on to it and say that um, if I play a role, I want the game, I want my decisions to have an impact and to change the story and to and to have consequences. Is how I see an RPG. For me, when I'm playing a fantasy role playing game. I want the wizard character. I want to spell cast. I want to imagine myself in a big pointy hat and a robe and um or you know with a big wand and cane and I'm I'm Gandalf in my head. Um and or if it, if it goes to like designing a character in an RPG, I'm typically trying to design a character that looks like me. You know, because I want to kind of put myself in there. I'm curious as to like what class do you feel like you are, or do you try and create yourself in these RPGs, or do you try and take on a completely different persona? And you know, do you build a story, or is it just kind of like ah, just pick this thing and it looks good and it's high damage about the numbers or whatever for you? I think that's hard. I think sometimes I want to make myself and go, okay, this is me. I'm playing me. But I think with RPGs, I tend to make a whole new character, something that I totally wouldn't play as. Maybe I force myself to to be really, really good, or maybe I force myself to be slightly of a jerk or a little bit more badass, depending on the mood of that day. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I I like to play something that I normally wouldn't be in person. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, the first decision making that you that I like to make in in an RPG is indeed pl- creating your character. That's what you know. Oh, that's I what you need. The, the character creation. I can spend hours on it, and I will hate myself for it, but it will be totally worth it at the end of it. Um, and I I found myself changing my conception of a character <laughs> lately as I grew up. When I was a kid, I wanted it to look just like me, the same way. And you know, mm-hmm. even like in the early stage of FIFA, you will be able to you were able to create your player, and that's a RPG uh, mechanic right there in a in a sports game. And we'll talk more about you know all the type of RPGs and 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 the, the the RPG style and mechanics that can be in more games that you guys think. Um, but yeah, creating my the, the face of my character, a beard or not. Right now I'm more I'm going crazy. Like I'm you know, the skin color is not mine, the haircut is not mine. I'm you know, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to make him I'm trying to make the guy as different as I can because I know at the end I will be I will be linked and I will have feelings for that character that I'm playing with. So I try to yeah. make it as different as I can to be like, uh, you know, he looks weird. He looks like someone I wouldn't like in real life, but I know I will like him. <laughs> I'll try to make him look different and very different to, you know, to what I'm to what I'm to what I am. And uh, and because I know at the end of it, I will just love it. I'm like, yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy right there. Um, 
and uh, but it's interesting. I mean, uh, I I never really try to. I mean, uh, depends. Like you know, for Destiny, you have you have three characters that you can create. So for Destiny, I have three characters. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I tend to I tend to create different genders. But most of the time, I stick to to my gender. I don't know. There's something about it. I I, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. Uh, I've been more and more gender bending in my yeah? character creation, huh. and it. I haven't made the choice yet to have the female be my main character. Uh, in any game that I'm spending the most hours with, but often when I do choose a female character, I'm I'm finding that like weirdly they seem to be better acted than the male characters, which is <laughs> interesting. Um, maybe just a consequence of you know I just know a guy wouldn't talk like that or something. You know? Yeah. What would be the pinnacle RPG for someone who wants to get into video games and wants wants to get into the genre? Oh man. It's it's a tough it's a tough one because like a so hard. Yeah, this is actually a discussion I had with uh, my other half the other day, Arya. I started playing video games late in life. I started playing them as an adult, not really as a kid, because it's always been I've always been a spectator, which is why I really like esports. Player and two. With our conversation, <laughs> esports. Uh, with two. my with my conversation with him, I asked him. I was like, "What would be?" the game that you would recommend for someone who's starting brand new and they want to have a better understanding of what a role-playing game is and what it should be and hands down no hesitation he said final fantasy 6 huh. final fantasy 6 wow. is the game and it's it's very traditional in the jrpgs japanese role-playing games and it's the pinnacle role-playing game it defines the genre. It's what the genre is. And that's the benchmark for all other RPGs to kind of work off of. And I kind of wanted to get your feelings on that comment. Man, I I played Final Fantasy VI. And Final Fantasy VI was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was the last 2D Final Fantasy game. Um, and for people that don't know Final Fantasy, it's a very long running. It, they're still making them. Um kind of RPG, uh, Japanese um, game series um, where you're taking control of a character or parties and kind of battling them. And the the type of system that Final Fantasy VI kind of prescribes or outlines is a turn-based combat system, right? Where it's you get to go, you make your move. Then the bad guy gets to go. He makes his move. Then, you you know, somebody else gets to go. Uh, and that's the, f- I think that is the, that's not the first type of RPG that I was exposed to. Um, so I think my first RPG may have been Diablo. Uh, and, and, yeah, and Diablo was the, the first RPG I played. I think me too, and then I think about it. I, I didn't even think about this one because I guess right. World of Warcraft <laughs> took such a big part of my of my RPG experience in my life that I almost forgot about Diablo, but I think, yeah, Diablo, Diablo one, Diablo first edition was my first RPG game. Indeed. Yeah. Because like Diablo for me, I was like attacking guys and then like I would gain this thing called a level, which I, you know, obviously I wasn't naive. I didn't know what a level was, but it's kind of a mark of progress and there's a minimum and maximum level, which dictates how powerful you are. And then they gave you these points that you could put into attributes and I, I, 
I'm sure if I went back and saw myself, I was never putting them in the right <laughs> in the right <laughs> things. I was never um, correctly uh, building a character. But um, for me, do, do we each have a Final Fantasy soft spot? Or Yannick, do you have a... Um, I have a uh, confession to make. I never played any Final Fantasy in my life ever. You're out. Yannick's out. You guys are going to be too. But you two. know that song. You know that song, right? Pixels Weekly, episode four. Hey, this is Sandy. This is Ryan. And Yannick left the show. <laughs> because reasons. Reasons, guys. Uh, we kicked him out because he never played Final Kicked Fantasy. him out. Um, no, I never. I, I mean, like I said, I'm always a completionist. And I guess every time of a good Final Fantasy was out, or I never really paid attention to the first ones on PlayStation, PlayStation 2. It was not my vibe. Like you said, like the... Um, the, the the JRPG style kind of games was never my thing. Um, mm-hmm. I was never really caught onto it. I mean, it's not like I was, you know, I was hating it. I was just like pretty much indifferent, um, pretty much not caring about those games when they would come out. I don't know. It's one of those franchise. Um, yeah, it's just it, it didn't like enter your radar. Yeah. It didn't get you excited. Mm-hmm. I was looking. I think when I was young, I was really looking at like the the more realistic, the better. Uh, the 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 merrier. So I was, was really sticking when I was young to like the sports game or like the Rainbow Six games that were you know really like or mm-hmm. the Metal Gear Solid or you know like that look you know well some of them had some like yeah, people s- were kind s- of people size yeah and they were doing people like, size and yeah actiony mm-hmm. movie type of things. Um, to go back to your point, Sandy, about Final Fantasy VI being the RPG for people to play. Um, I didn't play more than a few hours of Final Fantasy VI because it, I, I was already playing Final Fantasy VII, which is kind of, quote-unquote, my Final Fantasy. Um, and I think a lot of people have their Final Fantasy. Um, but I guess it, it's yeah, almost like... Everyone has a different game. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess you'll kind this of... The game I love. I mean, the point of... get into a situation where... Oh, sorry. I'm talking over everybody. No, no, no. It's fine. I, I guess I just wanted to rebound and comment um, your... Uh, friend's uh, suggestion um, Sandy I think you know you were asking his question uh, the the question not the wrong way but I think he answered the wrong way you were pretty much asking him like what you know what RPG should you play to know about RPG and he thought in his mind what is the origin of RPG what is the the traditional like the iconic game and uh, and for someone that it might be new to the genre, it might not be the one you want to recommend. Um, um, but I understand his point. He went to the base into you know the with the statement you know it was better before you know um, that the real RPG are the first RPGs, and then it just became too much of a thing, and then yada yada yada. It was more of the the Japanese RPG being the the benchmark yeah. mm-hmm. for for the role playing game genre. In kind of how it was introduced to the United States, and then with Americanized RPGs, because I think Japanese and American games are very, very different. And for an American RPG, kind of like an introduction would be Knights of the Old Republic or Mass Effect, with Mass Effect being the game that everyone should play, because 
they did a really good job with that game. You played Mass, Mass Effect, Effect 1. one. What were we talking about? Uh, I think 1 to 3, where the decisions you made in one game affected the, the sequel, and then that affected the other sequel as well, which right. was really interesting, and that's something that... You had to import the data from the first one, right, to the second one, right? Uh, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. really... That really took a turn, you're right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think depending on the type of RPG, right... Because there are so many kinds now, um, because as Yannick said earlier, RPGs, their mechanics have entered into so many different gameplay genres at this point that there's all sorts of RPGs. The fundamental ones I think of is the like Japanese, you know, the Japanese RPG, which is mostly turn style combat and like you have a party of people that you control um, and it's kind of... S- it's not necessarily random encounters, but it could be random encounters and, you know, you're using things like potions and you're reviving people and that type of stuff. Um, and like the Western RPG, I think I would point somebody to like a Elder Scrolls, um, you know, I would say your Skyrim uh, or I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Oblivion fan. Like something that is kind of active and there's no real stopping in during combat. You just kind of hit a guy and you see numbers pop up. Mass Effect is a great example of this. Um, I love Mass Effect to death. That feels like a really Western RPG, right? Because we in the in the you know the Americans they love to shoot things, <laughs> they love to hit things. <laughs> um, they don't. They're not patient and they don't want to kind of plan and wait. Is I don't know. Maybe the thinking behind those things. Um, and it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you like to hit things. And then there's kind of the, the MMORPG, which uh, stands for Massively Multiplayer Online RPG, in which case I would probably point to World of War. Like, how could you not point to World of Warcraft? Oh, yeah, you have yeah, to. World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you were pointing someone to something more traditional, you might point them to EverQuest, right? Which mm-hmm. is kind of the quote-unquote OG. <laughs> OG RPG. <laughs> um, what is everybody here's favorite RPG. I would have to go for uh, World of Warcraft, where I find my uh, my entertainment the most is when I play with other people and other people are sharing the same world. Um, that makes me dive into this universe in a whole different way. I never really played Oblivion. I never really. I mean, I played Diablo, but once I discovered the MMO um, aspect of an RPG, I. I'm never. I'm always interested about new MMOs coming out uh, from this point, from this day on. Since I started playing World of Warcraft, I think I like Diablo. Diablo Two is one of the first games. Diablo One and Two, one of the first games I started playing on my own you and just started made playing my with friends. Very happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are those are the games that I got really got me into it with the the story and it's also like I said, I play Dungeons and Dragons because I'm a big nerd. And it, it's one of those things that made the most sense to me. And you could play the game from so many different perspectives and still feel like you're playing a, a, a different game, but it's the exact same game. So you could, I think with um, Diablo 3, I played as a wizard and I totally loved it. And you could play as a barbarian. You could play as a demon hunter. There's so many different characters that relate to what you know and also relate to the fiction and the fantasy that you know and love 
that it's very easy to pick up and just keep playing it just for the story and just for the different story of each character and you just bond you're like this is my character and when you play it on the hard difficulty once that character is dead you have to start over again and that that totally messes with you and you're like no <laughs> why i think that's i i can't do that i, I can't part <laughs> with a character <laughs> i can't I, yeah, I, deleting a character kills me it just kills me but my my favorite is also probably Diablo 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, um, of, of an action, like, because those were called, when I was playing them, they were called action RPGs, right? Like a Boulder's Gate. Are these yeah, the kind of games where, like... still very much an action RPG. There's action, like, you're shooting guys, magic missile and stuff, but, like, yeah, an R- like an RPG was known as the Japanese turn-based methodical combat thing, and... So if I'm going across the board, my favorite action RPG by far is Diablo. My favorite, like, open world RPG is probably Oblivion. My favorite, uh, you know, I could go on and on. My favorite branded RPG is Star Wars. My <laughs> Wait, favorite that's not allowed. Like, we said one. shooter RPG <laughs> is uh, Mass Cheating, Effect. Nope. Um, I know, I know. I'm going going off the rails here. My favorite turn-based RPG is Final Fantasy VII. Um. Yeah, there's there's so many RPGs, and it, it is such a broad topic. But um, there's there's hopefully we're giving you a whole list here of things that you want to go uh, check out. I'm hoping now. Ready? I'm gonna give you guys a quiz. You didn't know you're gonna get a quiz. I didn't did get. Pre- I didn't. No, that's not fair. You can't do that. No. Do it next week. I need to prep. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'm gonna like, lose. No, 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 no. No, no. It's prep. happening. It's happening. I'm gonna give you. He's, he's so I, serious. I'm, he's like. I, 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 I warn you guys. I'm very I salty if I, if I if I if I lose. <laughs> I have to deal with him yeah, on yeah, Monday. Remember that. Don't worry. I think you guys will be easy. In fact, this is probably more for the listeners than it is for you. But I'm gonna give you a term. And you're going to tell me what this means. Oh, this is bad. Okay? See, I'm, I'm going to get salty. Just warning you. First term. Buff. <laughs> As stress, in, you know, stress is going I'll, down. I'll use them in a sentence like a spelling bee. As in, bro, can I get a buff? Buffing for me is, hey, um, not for you, for everyone. Give me some extra strength for for everyone. It's, give me, give me something that will make me a little bit more powerful. So in in WoW, I play a mage, and I have all these little fun spells that do a bunch of little fun things. And when I was playing as a shaman, I would put down. Um, totems and they would buff the characters either it could give you more health or you could do more damage or there's more in there and I just mm. can't remember them okay Yannick I've got a turn oh. for you give it to me DPS DPS it's an acronym standing for damage per second and it's um, stat characteristic that you can find on mostly you can find it on a gear uh on a weapon or yeah on on a um on on a gear in general um that you can find in game that you can loot in game and um usually what it means the more dps you have the more damage you will make to the to the um 
to the to the enemies whether they are pve um, player versus environment or pvp player versus player um, so to get into the division for example the more you will uh, evolve into the game the more you will level up uh, the the more dps you will find on the weapons that you loot is that good that was, that was good <laughs> say so i would say so uh sandy what is a fetch quest a fetch quest is when you've got a quest giver who tells you hey go get that for me and then i'll give you something okay thanks go (laughs) um what is a mod so if you mod something it will um most most of the time mean that uh, once again on a piece of gear that you have uh, in your character that you had you know whether it's a sword uh, an older rifle depending on the game or your your chest armor um, you basically add um, you add on top of the gear stat you adding an additional item uh, whether it's a gem or an artifact, I don't know what you call it. Each each game have their different pronunciation for it, and you're adding a another feature or another um, increase of stats to that um, in, increase of, of yeah increase of stats to that um, to that to that gear, and um, and most of the time when you have mods, you have different mods you have to choose from. Um, to give you a concrete example, if you have a sniper and you have um, you have and you find different mods that are called scopes, um, you can choose between scopes and that will affect your range, affect your accuracy, or affect your DPS, depending on what mob you choose to mount on that sniper. Sandy, what does it mean? To nerf. When you nerf something, you make it weaker. <laughs> Thanks, Blizzard. <laughs> nerf priest. Uh, the term obviously comes from <laughs> things being nice and squishy. They can't really hurt you, right? Nerf, <laughs> nerf guns don't hurt yeah, you. Yeah, nerf. Um, and uh, finally, Yannick, what is OP? Overpowered. I like when you send me those acronyms because, you know. Um, it's it means overpowered, and um, it can be, you know, usually when something is OP, you will ask the community or you will ask the game developers to nerf it. Overpowered is a piece of weapon or a um, or a class, um, um, like we talked about warlocks in World of Warcraft or rogue or warrior. Um, if a class or an element of the game is called OP. Uh, it could be also like a, a, a mob, like it could be a boss, it could be enemies. Uh, if something is called OP, mm. it means it's um, unfair and it's not equally, um, and it, it is not um, that its stats and its characteristic are are not in line with the with the game balance. It kind of like breaks the game balance. For example, if you're a warlock in World of Warcraft and your class is OP. Um, it means that from the start up, whether you skilled or not, um, you will have an advantage on the other class that you might be facing in arenas or 
in the in yeah in an arena um, you might be able to take on two other classes because you're just the OP one Alright guys, let's take a break and when we come back we are going to do the Pixels Weekly review discussion of The Division. Hey listeners, it's your friend Ryan and I'm interrupting the middle of the show to tell you that the best thing you could be doing is rating and reviewing us on iTunes. That is absolutely the way to help out the show. If you like the show, um, obviously we're just getting started still, so telling a friend is a huge deal too. So if you, if you like the show, you like the stuff that we're talking about, um, or you just think we're really sad and just need a bunch of support, <laughs> um, go on iTunes, rate and review the show, uh, like our buddy Vishal did, um, who said, I just listened to the latest episode of Pixel Weekly. I have to say it was very informative. Uh, he's been contemplating buying a Wii for a while. I, I think he means a Wii U, but after my meltdown, he said he's not going to do it. Um... And of course, you can always get every episode for free at pixelsweekly.com. Uh, and it links to our Twitters and stuff. I'm at Ryan Quattel. Yannick is at Yan underscore Guillermo. And Sandy is at CGBS Rule. And um, yeah, now I will stop interrupting your podcast and let you get on to our talk about The Division. See you next week. All right, guys. So, uh,. Two of us, because someone is a bad doobie, or didn't want to spend sixty dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> played the Mm-mm. division. Yannick and I played the division this week. Um, sell me on it, guys. <laughs> sell me on it. Do we need to sell you on it? Is the, I guess the first question. Um, Convince me that this can we? I don't know. <laughs> can we? I? I mean, I'll just say right out the gate. I really think people should be playing this game. I really think it's it. It's an important game, and it'll be seen as an important game a few years from now for um, Ubisoft and um, how they structure their content and how they support their content on a, on a longer-term basis. That's, I mean, obviously that has to remain to be seen, but some of that support's been announced. Um, and how? what level are you, like, how long have you been playing the Division yet? Um... I put in probably around eight or ten hours. I'm I'm getting close to ten hours, and I'm level. I just hit level fifteen this morning. Um, and and to add on to your thing, um, if you have the possibility and if you have the choice between the three platforms, Xbox One, PS4, and PC, for that 1080p 60fps zero ms experience. Noobs don't know about 1080p. Crystal clear. Sixty frames a second. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, we have to put it every time. So I did a little bit of co-op with my with my coworkers that were that I caught up on uh, because they were fooling around in their in their first hours. Um, if I can give a few tips to people that will start playing and and like you know the grind is there. I love the fact that the grind is there. The, I like the world. Oh, we forgot to say grind yeah, is one of grind. our I will, RPG I will explain the, the the grind uh, the RPG world. So the grind is the um, activity of leveling up your character and reach out and reach end game and end game could be another term end game is when you're you have your max level and you're pretty much not gonna level up anymore you're just gonna try to get new gears go through activities to make your character 
uh, better. Now, it should be pointed out the reason why it's called a grind <laughs> in an RPG is <laughs> essentially because grinding, like to grind up, think about grinding coffee beans or just being on any sort of uh, treadmill, just like you're kind of, it's the same thing over and over and over. And that sounds incredibly unexciting, but if a game's mechanics are doing it right, um, like for example, doing something you do over and over and over in The Division or in Destiny is shoot people, right? Yeah. So if shooting people's fun, uh, then the grind is going to be fun. In Final Fantasy, it's encountering random people and then just fighting. And sometimes it might be fighting a hundred of the same guy, but if the battle system is fun, it's going to be fun, right? Yeah, and I think the, the the battle system, I haven't. it's been a while, I think, since Gears of War, I haven't played a, a cover shooter. Uh, type of game so it's pretty much one of those games where you you hide behind a cover and you shoot shoot at guys you can't really rush them because they're like too powerful for that but um i don't know like the, the some of those dudes run at you in a bat though yeah oh yeah the, the shotguns dudes <laughs> really oh do. oh my god those ones are <sighs> rough i died so much in this game already because i'm tend to be kind of like the the rusher i hardly stay patiently behind covers and wait for them to peek out so yeah, I'm pretty much Leroy, Leroy on that. <laughs> but but I I can't decide what's more what's more fun whether you you shoot at the guy um you know um a, a gasoline bottle on their back and they explode or or oh, getting yeah. a, so Sandy there are these characters called flame like cleaners they're called they're cleaners, the cleaners yeah cuz they sort of spray fire to disinfect you know the world from the by the way I I think it should be said um let me finish this thing. <laughs> and then, of course, they the have excitement. Flame, you know, we have to talk about so flaming much stuff. stuff on their back. You can shoot the tanks, and then they go yeah. and, and obviously die. But um, the the storyline of the division is admittedly thin. But in in a lot of games like this, uh, the storyline is pretty thin. So if you care about story, it's probably not a story game for you. But <laughs> there's just this movie clip at the beginning of the game of like some dude in some kind of hazmat suit who just like puts a little eyedropper on some like $20 bills and then just like clips of people going crazy on Black Friday which are like real footage because people really go crazy on Black Friday and um and it's like yeah and now uh you know you you get it you get the idea yeah we don't want to spoil too much but that's how it starts <laughs> It's yeah, a little really, that's real life. It's you fast. investigate on a post-apocalyptic New York society is is going down, and and you have the cleaners and you have the Rikers, mm. which are the prisoners escaping from Rikers Island prison, uh, that are also another another faction, another enemy clan, as you would as you would um, say, um, as we could say in this game. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. The the the, the storyline is kind of like the the the, neg- the 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 biggest negative point of it, um, because I feel like I'm, once again I don't I feel like my, as much as my character I put so much time on his on creating his 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 face you know and and in and putting some scars on him to to make to to make it make me feel like he's been through some he's been through some shit you know I I put some scars around his face and <laughs> and uh, some tattoos and stuff but uh, evaluating him you know grinding and, and discovering the storyline I, I just feel like I'm one of them you know they say that in the game very much you know I'm part of the second wave you know uh, I'm part of a wave I kind of you know I kind of want to be that hero that saved us all I mean as much as you keep on going in a game the 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 the, the, the 
the mobs, the, not the mobs, but the, the, the NPCs, the non-player um, characters in the game that I encounter in the base or in the base of operation or in the safe houses that you go through. They're kind of like those checkpoints where you restock and you can buy and sell weapons. Um, they, they show respect more and more as you progress into the, to the game. Um, but yeah, the storyline doesn't really make me feel like I'm, you know, I'm going to be the one who's going to save us all. No, it's more like the division is this is this um is this uh team of agents that we are all um and so i think that once you reach end game and once i will reach end game right now i'm enjoying it a lot don't get me wrong i'm enjoying grinding a lot uh, alone um discovering exploring running the cities that are completely broken and and crossing paths with enemies or at every corner i i'm scared you know i'm anxious i am you know, I'm freaking out. The the atmosphere, as much as the storyline is thin, the the atmosphere is really strong. Um, and uh, but once you get to end game, my only wish, my only will is to group up. And and I recommend you guys once you reach to end game, you have to get, you have to find a, a fire team, you have to find people to play with, friends, or go online, go on a looking for group site, and and try to play together through the activities. That's where you're gonna get the most fun out of it, I think. How many people play per group? How many people play in, in a team? Yeah, you can be four. four. Yeah, you can be four. four. Um, yeah, and I, you know, one of the reasons too where I still play alone and I don't really play in co-op is that some of my friends are really level 30 and I was going through that side mission or encounter which are not main story missions and there's that thing where when you get into, when your, your, your teammates join you, um, there is there is this... Um, uh, this 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 mechanic that makes that the enemies become the highest level of the, of the group. So if I'm level 13 and I have my teammates who are level 30, all the mobs that I will encounter will all of a sudden turn into level 30 ones, or not maybe level 30, but maybe some things around level 25. Well, I, I think what they do is they they do oh, like an, an average? average of all the players. So if you have three level 30s yeah. and one level 10, the average is <laughs> so not. I was, in yeah, your because favor. I couldn't even see the level of the of the. Um, of the enemies in front of me, they had a school and they had a school icon <laughs> instead of a skull icon Skulls. instead of a, instead of their level. But overall, yeah, I mean, um, and we can talk about the dark zone too, which I stepped in once and I regret it. Um, we can talk about what this is about, <laughs> and I can talk about it if you haven't dived into this. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'll just talk a little bit about you. You know, you talked about the atmosphere in this game is really good, and uh, Sandy, I can tell you that like for me. There are moments, there are moments, especially like at nighttime, where the game is so beautiful. I mean, it's so well art directed that like night in New York City with like, you know, there'll be like a barrel fire in the street or something. And your entire surroundings turn this sort of Blade Runner palette of like foggy blue and purple and bright orange where the fire is. And it's just casting this amazing glow and and it and you can walk down like there's Madison Square Garden like you're walking down you go that's where you know that's where that barbecue place should be <laughs> certain barbecue <laughs> place and it's not there you know it's called like Jimmy the, the product placement hey that should be a Starbucks and that should be a Starbucks right exactly that but should I be a Dwayne Reed and that's a CVS <laughs> um but moment to moment walking down the streets and I I I am not unhappy with the variety that New York itself has to offer. And maybe it's because I've been to New York, but it's kind of broken off into zones of your level 
and walking from place to place, um, they'll either make random events happen of like, oh, you happen to, you know, if there's a mob of guys that you have to take care of or there's a hostage situation or something that makes getting from point A to point B um, more interesting than just walking. Um, but then there, there are these decisions that were made that are just really puzzling to me, which is uh, very often you'll come across somebody being harassed in the street and you're like your division agent, which means you're a person with a gun and you're kind of a law, you know, you're a lawful person, but you can't do anything about somebody really being harassed other than kind of point your gun. And then both people run away from you like, Oh, a guy with gun. Now here's my big problem with it. I think nine, 99 out of a hundred encounters of that has been a woman getting some equivalent of her purse stolen from a man. Like, oh, no, but I'm wait, dog poops in this and game. And then that's, I mean, <laughs> that's right. You want to know so what a great dogs and they, you want to know, so yeah, you want to know what a great much. game is like a game where dog poops <laughs> <laughs> and you can watch it. Kind of so Ubisoft detail oriented uh, in a world where dog poop. But here's the other detail I have a real because, like, <laughs> honestly, too, like, you do feel like the snow and the fog, it's all dynamic day, night, and like when I'm grouped with somebody they're experiencing the same weather the same day night stuff but also like i went around um i was streaming this on twitch and i'll try and get the highlight um but i went around and every single quote-unquote rikers island prisoner person was a black guy in a hoodie named alex uh, (laughs) and no no kidding named alex Um, named alex when you kill one of those guys there's something about that go ahead that i don't know if it's just a tired trope or what or if like ubisoft being a canadian development company of like that's what americans think crime is um but like i tried i desperately tried on that stream to find one white person that was killed and like the the image, if you choose to play a white character, because I'm trying to create myself in this game, or at least a scarred post-apocalyptic version of myself, <laughs> I want to point out that you can't make your guy fat, and I'm a fat guy, and I actually get sad in a game where I can't like make my character overweight because I don't feel like I feel like that's not a, a choice in in a lot of character creators. But um, back to that, I I was just shocked that a game that seems to be like that has a the person in charge of the medical wing is a um, a gay female doctor who talks about her ex-wife. Like, oh, that's an interesting choice, and you're you're talking with this woman and, and having this interaction. Talking with your character doesn't say anything because they're just a hollow tube. <laughs> um, and like the leader of your division squad, who's running the base, is an Asian woman um, who is this kind of like strongly willed character. Um, and then you have an overweight, bearded, which well, is kind of a stereotype, but New Yorker that doesn't necessarily sound intelligent, but he's running your tech wing. So there's all these kind of subversive choices that Ubisoft has made. And then like, but all I get to shoot is either bad guys, like black guys in hoodies or what we assume are like white military guys mm-hmm. with gas masks and flamethrowers and that type of stuff. So it, there's these diametrically opposed things in the game that I'm not sure 
How yeah, I guess I didn't. I didn't really think about that, but I don't know. I want to. Yeah, I want to know. That's I want. I want to answer some of your questions, Sandy. Uh, instead of like talking randomly about all those game, all, all those features in the game, but um, I want to. I want to know if you're <laughs> soul already. What is? What did you take on it? What do you? What do you want to? What else do you want to know? What characters are you guys playing? What? What are you playing? Support characters? Are you playing? Oh, more? that's. Yeah, Thank you that's a, that's an interesting question. So there is no class in this game. That's that's funny because we talked about classes being a main part of RPGs. In this game, there is no class. Rather, you'll create your character and you will choose between um, three wings. I mean, those are tech wings into the base of operation, which are pretty much rooms into your base. And as you unlock um, unlock um, departments in those wings, uh, those will give you ability perks and um and i think I'm, i'm missing and mods of those abilities right and talents yeah and it should be stated too that that's not even a locked in choice like at any moment you can say i want one thing it's a tech security and medical i i want to only have my medical talents on you can equip two sort of these talents at a time And or I want to have a tech one and a security one. You mm-hmm. can do any combination. And 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 those those wings and those those ones unlock abilities. So for example, if you're part of the tech wing, you'll be able to equip a turret uh, that will you know shoot and defend for you. If you're part of the medic wing, that will give you um, that will give you uh, more healing capabilities, like first aid kit that can revive people. You know, you can be kind of like the healing guy, which I think is really going to be interesting once we will we will reach end game and have more. Uh, activities that you will need to to group up for that will be really interesting to see how you will pretty much need to spec you will need to have one healer one guy with a lot of dps damage per second remember and uh and one with more health point that will be able to tank and um yeah each and one of those tech wings and then i think once you unlock all those tech wings you will pretty much have all those abilities to unlock it's about you to pick and choose what you want to do and also the interesting part there's so many aspects like that's what's good about this rpg game is that there is a there's a there are currencies there are there i think there are two like there are three currencies that i can think of there's like the regular money there's the dark zone money which we can talk about later and there is the um uh what's the name of it the the at the end once you reach edge end game there's going to be an end game currency that it's called i forgot the name of it but there is an end game currency end game currency that you uh, can like yeah this is the one you you like craft that. you buy stuff with and there's a lot of mods also that you can add into weapons so you can pretty much change the way your weapon works a lot with the mods that you put on and some weapons i started unlocking those have some special skills So some of them, for example, I got this pistol and this pistol has like 100% bonus damage when the opponent has 30% of health or lower. And this is like a unique skill, a unique ability of that weapon that you cannot have on another weapon. And uh, and the more I will get into this game, I guess I will find more rare weapons and therefore more unique weapons, which is something we found also in Destiny a lot where weapons have a, a name and, you know, like a, a, a very iconic name, which make them very identifiable you know identifiable in the way they work in the way they sound in the way they in in the specs in the in the in in the perks and not the perks because perks are other things but in the um yeah in the unique uh skill i mean the unique mod that those that this weapon has um so there's a lot you can do also in terms of weapons there's every weapon every piece of equipment and every weapon um here's a couple structural fundamentals The way you look, your appearance, your clothes, are separate from your equipment. 
which is kind of nice because if you want to wear trendy chinos, like mm-hmm. I like to put on, <laughs> <laughs> but then have like a certain kind of their leg armors, knee pads, you know, it does like you do see the knee pads change, but like you still are wearing your pants. So you can kind of have a look to your character that is affected by the gear that you're wearing and is kind of identifiable, but it still feels like your choice mm-hmm. rather than, you know, the choice of the game. And every piece of um, armor uh, that you can put on your character and every weapon, there are three stats, um, three main attributes, um, on top of, like, how much armor it gives you or how much damage it does. There is firearms, which are essentially damage DPS. Um, There is, like, health slash medical, which will make your healing better and give you more health. And then there's the tech stuff, which is like a battery that makes your abilities stronger. And like, maybe it makes your, you can cast a turret with the tech wing. So it makes your turret last longer. So not only will your talents and perks that you assign make a difference by the end of the game, but theoretically you might have one character that you carry three sets of equipment for, depending on the role that you want to play in a party like you could be a high you could have all equipment that makes you very strong but you don't have a ton of health and you're gonna you know be the guy that's not in the front lines but standing back behind everybody and just kind of blasting him with like a long-range rifle or something. basically yeah basically to to sum it up because i think we're talking about all all things in there and then we can talk about it for hours but you know obviously we can't yeah, uh, we but can. like it you you want to, you know, you want RPG mechanics in this game. You have it definitely. There's a lot of, you know, well done. The loot that you get is rewarding. You know, the missions are tra- challenging. They get tougher, um, and you progress. Oh, I'm sorry. I I don't want to interrupt, but I just wanted to quickly say there are a couple things in the game that I was not expecting that are really exciting for hardcore yeah. RPG fans, which are you can re-roll oh, yeah. gear yeah. like you could in Diablo. So you can take an individual stat and change that individual yeah. stat um, with a roll that obviously costs currency. You can craft your own equipment, uh, and you can break down equipment mm-hmm. into materials that you can use to then craft new equipment, and you unlock blueprints for equipment. So this is all stuff that is typically seen in like a Diablo or a World of Warcraft um, that is interesting that I didn't think was going to make it into this what I thought was just a cover-based shooter that happened to be online. Well. And then are you guys both playing it on the PS4? I'm playing yeah. on Xbox. I'm That's a smart Xbox choice because, oh. because Xbox is going to get four. the, I think, the paid DLC um, 30 days in advance compared to PS4. They have like an exclusive exclusivity on that. Um, it's hard to say. It's also, I'm also getting tired. Exclusivity. Unique, so unique, unique exclusivity. There we go. You got it. Um, and they, um, yeah. <laughs> what level are you, Ryan? I'm playing slower than you because I'm doing a lot of this stupid wandering around mm. aimlessly <laughs> and side missions, but I've probably played 20 something hours and I couldn't play it on Tuesday. I was sick. So I just kind of sat there and looked at it and go, Oh, Wednesday, mm. I'm going to play you. And they also did <laughs> server maintenance Wednesday night, which was oh, really yeah. upsetting yeah. for various reasons. But, um, which people maybe saw me angrily tweet. 10 about. p.m. Pacific. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> 10 p.m. Yeah. Like, come on, that's in the middle of my video game time. 
But uh, I think I'm level 15, so oh, I'm about cool. the same level I didn't here. know that. We should play together. Uh, we should but I've been playing it longer only because I'm leveling mm-hmm. slower. But today, I'm after we record the show, I'm going back, and I have two brothers that have a copy of the game, so the three of us are going to be able to team up. And, you know, that should... I, I have done group encounters. A lot of the dungeons, I will... Matchmaking in this game is yeah. so easy. Like, anytime you're going to go do a, quote, yeah. dungeon uh, or any sort of group activity... There's literally like, when you approach it, it goes, hey, do you want to do this with a group? You press X or whatever mm-hmm. the button is, square, and um, mm-hmm. it just finds you one or more people. And if there's no groups with a leader that have an available slot, it just makes you the leader and sends out invites to people. So um, super, super streamlined in terms of being able to group up with people, run something really quick. And then it makes the party persistent if you want to continue to run things. Uh, or if you just want to leave the group afterwards and you know go about your single player business, so I'm liking the choice, and I have done most of it solo. Um, to Yannick's point, which I love being able to play a game by myself, and then having the option of grouping up with people. We'll see if that continues by you know level thirty. I think yeah, level thirty level. is the max level. But this is where I want to um, also wrap up the 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 review of of the division with I guess the the biggest. The biggest take on this game and the and the biggest innovation of the game is what they call the dark zone, and uh, I'm sure Sandy, you were wondering if um, in a massive multiplayer online RPG game like The Division, where are the other players? Where is the massive multiplayer if you're running solo in the streets? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess where you it's really fun to jump and group up is the Dark Zone. The Dark Zone is pretty much a contaminated area right in the middle of Manhattan that is really like, you know you enter a bad place because it's all like guarded by gates. Like it's all very much highly secured. You don't know what's happening. Yeah, there's hazmat markings. It's yeah. like, don't you, go here, but... You, you, you don't know own. what's happening behind those gates, <laughs> uh, but nothing good comes out of it. Blah blah blah. Um, and you step into there; it pretty much looks the same, and it looks like the city still. Nothing is really more destroyed or whatnot. But this is where you can find um, uh, other players um, playing and discovering and exploring. And there's gonna there was there are also regular mobs, um, but this is where it has a different a, a totally separate leveling system um you can go up to i think level na- 99 in there and um the problem is that when wow. you die you lose part of that experience and you lose loot and you lose you know you lose keys if you found keys in the dark zone keys are ones that you know obviously will open doors or like secret path where you can find chests and more loot and etc etc except the problem is that not only yeah it's very dangerous the bad guys are very yeah. good at shooting but you but not dark only zone. those bad guys can be <laughs> mobs but they can also be be other players for example this morning i was like hey there's a mission i guess they just wanted me to explore the dark zone so i got into the dark zone i freaked out i'm telling you i was i was looking at every corner uh for a second i thought my map wouldn't be enabled but it was but still and i was like oh there's an extraction so there's an interesting about the dark zone that the loot you get unless you start an extraction you won't be able to use that loot outside of the dark zone so that's pretty much like you know high risk high reward the more you get into the dark zone the more loot you have with you the more you know the more 
like take the more the yeah the Level. more stress you get because you have more stuff and you have to get to the extraction zone and the extraction zone it takes 90 seconds and there is there is something around the community that raise that rise right now is that it's it's the 90 second the the longest 90 second of your life because all you've done in the last hour oh, depends so on those true. 90 seconds and i well fortunately i didn't loot anything but i went stupidly into that extraction i was like what is this and i had behind, behind <laughs> covers and i was expecting my radar to bleep red and be like enemies you know enemies coming no i got shot from the back by a group of two players but actual people uh like killing me from the back because they when you start an ex, um uh, an extraction it beeps on everyone's map everybody knows you're you are doing that extraction and um, there's also one biggest thing of that is that once another player kill another player they go rogue which means there are division agents that pretty much betrayed that you know they turn they are part of the dark the dark the the, the dark force they, they're you know and when someone goes rogue it, all of us have permission to yeah. shoot that and person. it's yeah without, without consequence. consequences oh, and it's pretty much like he betrayed us but you know until they start shooting um and sometimes it caused you know accidental you know friendly fire which turns you in rogue and most of the time you know yeah most of the time people oh, no. realize i don't know i haven't really <laughs> found that out but so far i mean i'm sure ryan when we jump into there people will be aggressively uh chasing us and trying to not let us progress but as far as i saw in the first days we we're like five days in a lot of people are right now i mean more and more people are reaching level 30 but still a lot of people are exploring the dark zone and therefore kind of like working together on really not shooting at each other but rather get to the loot get to you know kill the mobs and it's kind of like that you know um without even talking to each other kind of like being cooperative between teams and not not kill each other i mean i was i was killed today i was i just said but it was like a level 11 and level 12 people that were just fooling around at the in the first zone but i'm sure if you if you are high level so that's why i would recommend for people out there first thing i recommend if you want to if you want to experience as grind as quickly as possible do only the main story missions and the side missions of course sometimes a few encounters are fun but if that's the most efficient way and mm -hmm. and reach go into the dark zone if you want to have fun but really where you're going to get the best fun out of it is if you go with friends and if you're level 30 and you're already geared up and a little bit resistant because level matters if you're level 12 against a level 30 you don't stand a chance even if you're good no or if you think you're no good chance. you're gonna get destroyed so you're gonna get ganked. You're gonna get ganked now i don't know sandy how you feel about uh sort of i feel like we're both just talking at you she has uh, to get she has to get the game she's, 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 i'm the kind of person who like i don't like pvp in games i don't play it in world of warcraft i don't like to challenge my own skills against somebody else i like kind of just like just beat the computer guys you, I spent about an hour and a half in the dark zone. You can mm -hmm. totally do that. You can totally go into the dark zone and only shoot like the harder bad guys that are in the dark zone. They will drop stuff and you do have to call in an extraction. And when you call in an extraction, not only does every player know about it, but you know, bad guys start to spawn and show up to kill you at that extraction point. Um, and you can't, it's interesting because the longer you stay in the dark zone, the more stuff you're going to have. And if you're not able to survive extraction, like for example, if I have three great, you know, pieces of armor and, and, and a gun on me that I really wanted out, another player who kills me could kill me. They go rogue, but they also get to take that stuff from me. 
So they can just take your stuff. But now they're on everybody's map of the person that killed somebody. So I luckily was kind of in a situation where there was a bunch of other players around me. Um, somebody called in an extraction and we were all just kind of trying to group survive. And then actually four <laughs> people, only four people can attach four containers to a rope that goes up into this crazy helicopter. And then the helicopter flies away. And then when you leave the dark zone, you get, get your sort of cleaned equipment, which has had the contamination removed from it. Um, but, uh, it was very tense and it was very thrilling and nobody shot me, which I was very happy about. And I didn't shoot anybody <laughs> cause I didn't want to shoot anybody. Um, and it was, I felt good at least in launch week that I could play it like that. Who knows what this game is going to like dark zone might, might become increasingly more vicious, but if you want to go in there with a friend, just kill some bad guys, kind of extract and get out. You could probably do that in 15 minutes. Um, and not have to stay in, but the longer you stay in, the more levels you get, the better stuff you're getting, and then the stakes become higher and higher. It just keeps going like, oh, but if I, you know, if I just get these group, this next group of guys, then I can get another thing, and then I'll have more stuff to extract. But if you die, it's yeah. all gone. So, um, dun, dun, dun. it's yeah, it's exciting. You're asking, is it worth your money? It is. It's a good RPG, great mechanics, solid, solid base. Um, I will put yeah. a. Uh, I will put a, a comment. I will put a little, a little um, warning on there. Uh, I'm wondering if, if you know, um, I, I really hope that the, um, the expansions, the free one that come in April and May, uh, add something to the end game, whether it's a raid-like activity. Um, because as far as I know right now, if you reach level 30 besides crafting and trying to loot stuff out of the dark zone, you can do the daily missions that are in uh, different difficulties. One of them is challenge mode, which is really challenging, I heard. But that's kind of like, you know, for the for the gear you have and everything, the first high-end um, activities that you do are always like super hard, but then it gets easier over time. I really hope those expansions add more, you know, make you want to put more hours into it to really you know gear up and go in with your friends and and kill those bosses and clean up those activities that are going to be more difficult and that will hopefully add more mechanics because right now besides cover shoot cover shoot depending on whether it's a cleaner you change a little bit your tactic or whether it's a guy running with a shoddy um you can get you know it can get somehow repetitive sometimes i can understand people out there that are saying it's it's repetitive and it, you don't really see the point um i'm i'm you know i I'm, i'm gonna grind i'm gonna get ready we'll see what happens if those april if if those yeah, april no and may if those spring updates are mm-hmm. are are good that that's great but they have to be they have to be good for me to for me to stick around and 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 put as many hours and and get into it just like i did with destiny the division for me is like chick-fil-a Oof. wait wait <laughs> for it you should have you should have put more emphasis like wait for it chicken fillet i don't necessarily agree with some of its cultural choices <laughs> in terms of how it happens to because somebody has to design these things how it happens to handle uh you know npc random encounters with women being mugged in the streets and you know the militaristic gun fetishization of uh which is kind of a tom clancy thing of lone white guy in the wilderness i guess this problem is solved if you just happen to play an asian or black <laughs> woman character <laughs> but uh since it's me and i'm a white guy like this is the thing that i'm grappling with is the lone white guy with a super strong gun who can you know shoot black people in the street i don't like any of that <laughs> stuff but and i don't like chick-fil-a's <laughs> view on culture but chick-fil-a also makes a delicious chicken mm-hmm. sandwich <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should really, really eat. Um, and uh, right now, for me, the division is the chicken sandwich that uh, I can't stop eating and ordering. Well, Sandy, um, so. did you so pre-order it already? Did you buy it? Two thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> did you order it? While did we you were order? I'm sure you did. <laughs> did you order it? You guys will have to wait till next week to see whether I bought it or not. Big market tease. Big market tease. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. Did she buy the division? Did she not? <laughs> what version did she buy, or did or did she buy something else? Did she buy Pokin? Did she buy Pokin tournament? <laughs> Does Ryan have to rant about Nintendo? In a world where Sandy gets invaded by in, by amiibos, will she get the division? <laughs> Uh, let's end the show that does it for this week uh, and until next time aloha au revoir and we'll see you next week